This meeting is being recorded. Oh, man. She admitted it was being recorded. Darn it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Now, should all workloads go to the cloud? And what I mean about all workloads, I'm talking about those still in the data center and possibly a hybrid type approach. No, I don't believe all workloads will ever make it to the cloud. In fact, some will be either refactored, retired, or even retained in their current environment. But those that should go to the cloud should do a huge analysis and do a deep dive on their application and how it's communicating. Today, we're talking about not only a cloud-first approach or strategy, but from a data center expert at Aspire Technologies. Joining me today for my 100, yes, my 100, sorry, Christian, I didn't tell you ahead of time, but I didn't want to spoil it, episode for the John Meyer podcast. Please join me in welcoming Christian Chavez, Data Center Cloud Solutions Architect at Aspire Technology Partners. Christian, thank you so much for joining me. John, I don't know what to say. Seriously, like this is a, this is a big surprise for me, and I think you did this on purpose because <laughs> I had no idea. But thanks. <laughs> for uh, thinking of me on this uh, this 100th episode. Seriously, this is awesome. So when I was going through my list, I was like, man, I need to celebrate with my 100th with somebody who I haven't done it and that I can surprise them. So I thought of a number of folks and I was like, you know, I want to make this about a topic and not about my 100th episode, but I wanted to kind of roll it all in together. So I appreciate okay. you joining me for it. <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> I'm still trying to process that, dude. This is amazing. I, I mean... Yeah, we worked in the past. Uh, I've been watching your videos. I've been following you and what you've done lately, man. It's amazing. Uh, you're, you're killing it, man. It's awesome. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad you have liked, subscribed, and you're one of my followers. So I appreciate all the support. When it does get a little tough sometimes, it's nice to hear from my fans. Let's jump into it a little bit. Today, we're talking about cloud strategy and should all workloads go to the cloud. Now, Christian, real quick, let's give everybody a little backstory on what you came from, like data center background, and our story together. Oh, yeah. So managed hosting, if you remember, right? Um, back in the day, managed hosting was huge. Um, dealing with mom and pop websites that were paying you, you know, six, 12 bucks a month. Um, so managed hosting was essentially that back in the day before virtualization. And you and I, right, we lived through that world. We were, we were back in support for those systems. So um, the 3 a.m. calls because somebody couldn't get their email out in California was brutal. Um, and that was an account that was paying like $12 a month, right? So we were providing, I guess, you know, you would say some top-notch class support for somebody who's paying $12 a month. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we cut our teeth in those days prior to virtualization. And I remember the data centers, which you and I, We've done a lot of work inside the data centers, right? Running cable, um, racking and stacking. Um, again, it was really just about uh, leveraging a single server for multiple clients that were paying those, you know, the low, the low end uh, per month. But still, there were valuable clients, right? I think you and I knew that back in the day because we saw some growth come out of there. Um, but yeah, so it, it was it was awesome to cut our teeth through there, and then moving up to virtualization was was kind of like the the no brainer, um, not only just for the management of servers, but the footprint that actually was growing inside of the data centers. I remember we were stamping out like data centers like crazy. But yeah, that's how that's how you and I got started, right? 
Um, so it, it, it's amazing where we've come from and where we are today with cloud, the way it is. Uh... Christian, I remember when I first got hired is I was building servers. So I was unboxing the actual case, installing everything, set up, installing the OS, racking, stacking. You would run the cable and it'd be like, yo, Christian, my network's not working. Well, I didn't turn on the port. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> hey, did you ping the internal IP? Oh, okay. And man, I was learning things from the start and we're talking about 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, it, it was amazing. Like I said, you coming in, you were doing the racking and stacking. In that time, I was in networking, right? So moving up, uh, doing sysadmin. Um, so coming up through the ranks, sysadmin, being on a back end, post installation, um, and then ultimately uh, moving into pre-sales um, is really where I'm at now. But still, the explosion that happened inside of just that organization itself that, that you and I work with inside of. Um, and then to see you progress on top of it, because again, you know, I was sysadmin, you were building servers um, to where you are now, which is one of the reasons why I was like, wow, this is incredible for, you know, for what you're doing um, in the tech space, right? And, and putting out some of the content that you're putting out. It's amazing to watch you uh, kind of excel in that area. Well, Christian, you've seen my growth and you've seen me progress over the years from starting from early on hardware to sysadmin to actually being in a, a lot of the IT services to cloud. Let's talk about cloud and strategy. You're in the yep. data center. Actually, I, I, I like your title, data center cloud solutions architect, yep. which it's like, should I be on premise in the data center or should I be in the cloud? Let's understand <laughs> what you're doing and talk about our topic of really should all workloads go to the cloud? And that's key, right? So yes, data center cloud solutions architect um, for Spire Technology Partners. But in this case, it's, it, 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 you know, you're right. They both still exist, right? And I think there's a necessity for both. So whether you're on-prem, whether you have a strategy to move to cloud, I think both worlds still exist and they kind of need to work together, right? We hear the multi-cloud um, conversations that are happening, hybrid cloud, um, and they, they still kind of carry an on-prem notion to them because uh, honestly, I don't think all workloads belong in the cloud. Um, some do, some don't. And in the same way that you and I kind of, you know, we were talking earlier about how we cut our teeth and we moved into virtualization, it was about decreasing the footprint of the data center, right? Essentially, that's what virtualization was trying to or did um, for the data center before we got into the whole um, you know, application stack of it, right? Right now, at that point, we were just looking at reducing the footprint. So that's kind of like some key strategies that are still happening today, right? People are moving to the cloud for a reduction of data center, or they want to get out of the data center business. They want to get out of the hardware business. And I think a good portion of our clients that we that we work with are actually looking to do that, right? They just want to they power cooling, um, you know, square feet just to them just does not work in their business model today. And we're seeing that all over the place. So, you know, we, you and I had a conversation in earlier um you know, podcast where it was looking at workloads, right? And essentially, that's what we're dealing with. Um, back in the day was reducing the size of your footprint inside of the data center. Today, we look at workloads. How do my applications live inside of cloud? Can I, you know, can they be cloud native? Do I move them to cloud native? Are they monolithic today? So my apps essentially, which are my workloads, and it's technically, you know, the blood of the business. So what do we do with those workloads and how do we move them around and what's the best fit? That's the question today. And, you know, going back to what you'd said earlier, um, not all workloads belong in the cloud. 
but um, you know, definitely understanding what they do and how do you move them should be part of your strategy. Christian, you have touched on a number of topics that I've had entire podcasts around from being cloud or cloud native to multi-cloud and does it really exist? I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe all workloads belong in the cloud, and there's a number of reasons for that. I believe a majority of workloads will, but most companies will have a hybrid type model. If they're a traditional enterprise or a just an enterprise company in general, there are those cloud first companies are born in the cloud, which is another topic we can jump on oh, yeah. and talk about. But I believe if you look at the current companies, do you know that it has, there's statistics around it that there's only 3% of workloads have been migrated to the cloud? No, wow, okay. <laughs> 3%, so just think about that. I mean, well, it, it, it's huge because there are so many of the workloads that are still on premise. That's where the hybrid comes in there. And then that's where you have to analyze every aspect of it and does it go to the cloud. Now, just talking about in AWS terms, they've created new types of services and models, AWS landing zone, edge computing to kind of tackle some of these that can't migrate fully to the cloud or they've come right. up with their storage gateways that allowed you to enable the hybrid type methodology. Let's talk about an application uh, just trying to get to the cloud. You get contacted by a customer and there's like, hey, Christian, we want to move to the cloud. Do you like, all right, let's do it? Or, or how do you approach that? Easy peasy. We got a button for it, right? I think everyone thinks that, right? We got a button for that. We can just move it. Wait, no, let me get the easy button now. I think I got one of those. Er, <laughs> done. <laughs> It can be done, right? No. So, so there's a lot of moving pieces when it comes to an application. And that really become that you have to really look at the development of it, right? Um, how is it built? How do you? Uh, how is it? You know, designed in in other words to work with services like AWS provides, right? So you're either taking an application and just lifting that same workload and moving it into a VM like you run today inside of your own data center. Or do you use you consume some of the services that AWS provides, right? So you can leverage a lot of the either automation or cost optimizations by using those services. And then how does that change your development cycle or how does that change your application, right? So you have to, you know, we, we talk about things like cloud native today. And those are services, right, that that integrate with your applications where you can leverage some cost optimization as well as automation. Um, or are you still running like a single monolithic application that you run on a single VM today that maybe has um, access to a backend database? Um, and then do you move that to AWS, right? So now you think, well, how do I get my co cost optimization, you know, in AWS? Or do I look at other cloud strategies? You know, am I just moving my VM or is it the whole application? So these are kind of the questions that I kind of have with the, with our, our clients where, Okay, you got an app. It's 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 your driver for the business, at least one of them, right? Because typically there's multiple applications that you're working with. And is it something that's off the shelf? Do you have a development team? What are you doing in, in terms of development? How is it performing today? What's your expectations by moving to the cloud? And what are you looking to gain um, from moving to the cloud? Is it because you want to consume those services, or do you just, again, you know, you and I had again going to go back to this conversation that you and I had just to kind of bring it back a little bit is what's driving you to the cloud you know forget the application forget the workload your initiative starts off by either i want to get out of the data center or i have an application that i want to do x with right and that's kind of the you know how i see the two drivers of of uh, 
um, companies today building a cloud strategy around those two. Um, and there may be some other, you know, where it's just a blanket, hey, we got to move to the cloud because um, we saw Gartner saying this, right? And there really is no strategy. But ultimately, you know, if we if we go back to the application that you had presented, um, again, you have to take a look at your application. How is it performing today? And what's the outcome that you're expecting? Because um, ultimately, that'll drive where, like, which cloud, op, you know, which cloud model is best for you? Because not one cloud fits all, right? Um, you could be running some backend Microsoft applications inside of Azure, and you have, you know, you may have an application that's consuming some of AWS. And then you might have some on-prem uh, storage or, or, or workloads because you need to have that within your own um, data, cent data center for some type of compliance, right? So now you, you're kind of spread out all over the place. Christian, I see analyzing the application as a key component moving forward because you have to understand, and I like that you jump in there and ask specific questions. Hey, I want to move to the cloud. Well, I'm going to tell you no right now. And until yeah. I understand the way that you want to do it and why you want to do it, because you might have an actual physical application. You have a dedicated server on your on-premises running this and it, everything might be monolithic, just house it in that one box. It might be beneficial just to go to a virtual on, on center, right? To your vSphere, whatever cluster you wanna do, or you might wanna then take that and move it to the cloud. But you have to also understand if you take that monolithic application, it's got the database, it's got the messaging, everything is done. Do you even want to break this up? Is it worthwhile to break this up into just key microservices? And then those microservices, can you get some benefit on using like AWS's services, those managed services already for that? There might be no benefit. In fact, it might be just worthwhile to do a lift and shift to move over there. Or you might be saying, listen, just go virtual and stay in-house because the communication and the latency to all the other applications is not worthwhile. And that actually poses another kind of concern is does that application talk to other applications and work together? Right. And if you move that one, now you've got a latency issue between all of it. So I don't think it's a quick, yeah, let's just do this. I think you have to analyze all the applications, even if it's just one application trying to move. And, and that's totally true, right? Um, with anything that you're doing towards cloud, um, you have to look inward first, right? Uh, you have to look at the foundation of what you're running today for every for every workload, right? It could be application that you're building, or it could just be off the shelf applications that you've consumed, you know, that you've paid for licensing, and is running part of the business. Um, if you're if that's part of your strategy to move everything, then you really need to look internally now because. Like you had mentioned, your your applications could be tied to a lot of things, um, and you need to understand how that whether that application moves, and then how does the connectivity, you know, whether it's something that's on prem or somewhere else out in the cloud, or maybe it's a SaaS based service that you're pulling information from, you know, how are they going to talk? And then so looking at that inwardly, meaning um, my performance, my connectivity, like all these have to kind of you have to clean everything up, right? You you don't want to build um, some on, on a foundation that's already broken. So if you have termites in your foundation, you want to build a, you know, a second addition to it. So you need to understand the, your, your total foundation as a whole, um, and then make decisions in smaller steps. If you do have a cloud strategy, whether that's just, Hey, let's take this one application, understand how it's connected, understand how it's performing, fix it on prem first and then move it out to the cloud because then you'll you'll have a metric that you can base your success on when you're moving to the cloud because again you know your strategy is about understanding what you have 
How do I get there? And then ultimately, am I successful by moving this out to the cloud? So how do you how do you kind of line up against success if you are running an an underperforming application? You know, you're not going to be able to gauge that out and out, out in whatever cloud service that you're looking at. So definitely, there's a lot of internal work that has to happen. It's not just a, an easy button like I'd mentioned earlier, <laughs> right? It's it's um, there's a lot of work that needs to happen internally, uh, and and that's kind of like a transformation you know, internally um, in your own on-prem infrastructure and how you manage things and how things are performing. So um, definitely you have to look at those things before making a decision, not only on what cloud, but how you're going to get there. And then ultimately, how do I measure success? Christian, I think some of the decision comes in into the application as you're analyzing it is, do I refactor this into cloud rather than move it into cloud? Do I retain it where it's at? because it's going to be end of life soon or do i retire it or or is it just going to be available you know kind of locally in the data center i think some of those things are key components to it now what about companies that are coming in there like ctos are coming in saying we have all this stuff in data center but we're doing a cloud first strategy i mean really is it going any new applications is going to the cloud are we building in the cloud and not realizing what we have back on premise and now are we call causing double work or are we looking for applications that we can host as a SaaS within our own cloud right yeah and and so that that goes back to what i said so as the example you you know presented you have some some c-level um person let tell you we got a cloud first strategy what's great Right. Uh, There's nothing wrong with somebody telling you that. But at the same time, you know, there's questions that need to be asked. Um, And there's that analysis that I mentioned earlier. It's like, okay, um, we can kind of lead with that. We need to understand why. Like, what's our driver? Right. And if if it's because you ultimately when when somebody from that level says, hey, we need to be cloud first. To me, it's like, hey, I want to get out of the data center business. Right. Because it's not specific to an application, but that's where you start asking, okay, well, we have these applications that can benefit from some cloud, but you got to work slowly at it. You can't move it, you know, you're not like all in. Now, there is, there is, you know, and one of these things that, that I think gets left out of this conversation, I'm going to be honest, is, is, you know, whenever we're talking cloud, we're, we're always thinking the hyperscalers. So we're always thinking AWS, at, you know, Azure, Google. And so there are VMware-based clouds. So if, if I had somebody at a C-level say to me, hey, we have a cloud first strategy and it needs to be done by the end of the year, um, I'm like, okay, I need to find a VMware-based cloud where I'm consuming it on a per month basis or, you know, obviously uh, contracted, but it gives me a level of service that I'm looking for in cloud and I'm getting out of the data center. That's the perfect, re- you know, you can take your VMs and, you know, which most likely going to be on VMware, and this is specific to VMware. Obviously, there are still um, those running on Hyper-V or maybe you're running, um, you know, like KVM or something. But still, um, if you're if you're VMware-based, you know, a, a good portion are, um, I would say that you can look for a VMware-based cloud service that would give you the same benefits um, that AWS would, right? And there's some management around that that, that needs to be tied in and and some thought process on how you're going to get there, but still, it's still a valid, you know, cloud solution. And I don't want to kind of, you know, leave that out of the mix because I've worked with clients that had that initiative where they're, we just want to get out of the data center. Like this data center is going down or we want to get out of this colo or my hardware is up. Like this is the end of life on my hardware. Do I buy hardware or do I just consume it as a service from a VMware based cloud provider? So at that point, you could just take your VMs and move them, right? 
and you're back up in business, you're running. Um, at the same time, though, you had, you know, you had mentioned earlier refactoring your applications. If that's part of it, now you're saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to take this application, refactor it. Now what's the best cloud, right? Maybe that VMware-based cloud isn't the best solution for that. Maybe AWS and, and consuming some of those services are. Um, so again, that inward analysis really becomes key to answer a lot of the questions that should be asked to, you know, whoever's asking you that. Now for a quick interruption, a huge shout out to our friends at Veeam for sponsoring this episode. Veeam Backup for AWS can easily protect all of your Amazon EC2, RDS, and VPC data. Wait a second, they can protect my VPC data too? Yep, that's right. Simplify AWS backup and recovery while ensuring security and compliance. All right, now back to our episode. So Christian, we were talking before about managed services and having IIS installed on these servers with like 200 plus websites. And I'm talking about like IIS 5 and uh, I'll tell you what, yeah, I am that old. But going back, then we have VMware, which is basically virtualization. And everybody called it a private cloud at that time. So cloud adoption was is not something new. Now we have public cloud. Isn't just going to a cloud first strategy still private or public cloud and maybe a hybrid type approach? Yeah, it, it definitely is. I'll call it hybrid, right? Because um, a lot of these either hyperscalers, obviously you're running, you're, you don't have anything private, meaning that you don't have hardware dedicated to you, although you could if you wanted to, right? And I think everybody kind of provides a solution like that, including a VMware-based cloud. You can either get your own private cloud, which is just resources dedicated to you, or you're living in some type of multi-tenancy um, where you're consuming um, resources with other other companies as well, right? So it's 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 kind of a hybrid strategy from a hardware perspective. Um, it's still you know to me it's still a cloud first um, strategy, meaning that whether you're moving your VMs to a VMware based cloud or you're kind of forklifting all your applications, whether it's refactoring or replatforming. Um, you know, and putting them in a hyperscale or you're, you're still consuming it because at the end of the day, um, it's not yours. It's not your hardware. You're just consuming it as a service, right? And ultimately, everything we're doing now is moving to as a service. Um, and, and so, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I, I think it's still part of the uh, cloud first strategy at the end of the day, right? Um, you get you get all monthly pay. I, I pay for Hulu every month, right? Um, but and I, I Real neat story. I just cut TV cable last month um, because there's so many services that I can consume um, on a monthly basis. And then when they don't have anything good, I could drop it, right? And then I could re-sign up again if some, you know, if something good is happening within that that platform. Um, and and that's kind of how we consume, you know, cloud today, or we should be consuming it because at the end of the day, it's about cost optimization. Um, I cut cable because of cost optimization. Um, but you run your workloads like that as well. They shouldn't be running all the time. And if they do need to be running all the time, that's where I say, you know, then you should just move your VM as opposed to just, if you're going to move your applications to AWS, you know, a lot of those cost optimizations are about how long this thing's running, right? So if you have an application that you're replatforming or, you know, whatever you're doing with it is, you know, should it be up all the time? Should I be consuming these resources all the time? Um, and the answer is no, you shouldn't be, because if you want cost optimization, um, it'll keep you from having to say, hey, we tried moving to the cloud and it was a lot more money than what we thought it was. Right. And, that, and I get a lot of that. And I'm sure you've heard a lot of that. Right. 
Um, people are trying to run back and buy hardware again, and and you're like, hey, wait a minute, like how did you do it? How did you do it the first time? Like what happened, and how did you base that metric? Because again, going back to what I said earlier, analyzing your current infrastructure, making sure that you have a metric to be able to, uh, you know, like a standard or so to say, right? Everything's running performant. Our resource utilization is great. This is what we should be getting from our cloud provider. And then ultimately that will be the, you know, your metric. Real quick, Hulu is not an official sponsor, but if you'd like to comment down below, <laughs> feel free to have you on there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that. Uh, that's all right. You don't have to think of that. I'll get on there. Thanks for the shout out because I do the same thing actually with my Hulu subscription. Football season is live after everywhere else. I don't mind watching things a day later if I ever get to it. Okay, Christian, your role at Aspire is very unique because it says data center cloud solutions architect because usually there's one or the other, which helps you understand both aspects of the data center and going to the cloud. The reason I mentioned that is specifically around skill sets because understanding what is required, not only in your data center and going to cloud to move to it will really drive some of the changes in the application migration or cloud first strategy. Now, here's my question for you because cost is huge and we're talking right. about that right now. The reason that cost is huge is because people don't have the proper skills to do it and to move it over. They're not understanding their metrics and moving it over. They're not understanding what's all it entails to move this application over to it. But your role at Aspire helps you understand both not your background of on-premise data center, because I know your expertise in that and I know your expertise in cloud and having this role at Aspire actually drives you to help these customers a lot more and be more efficient. Yeah, it, it does. Um, it, it's crazy because I remember being post-sales or at least in the sysadmin role. Um, I've always had a view from one side, right? We were we were the engineers in the back, you know, back then, and things were coming in, and you would look at a design, you know, because back in those days, pre-sales was kind of just starting, right? It, we just had sales guys that were, sell, you know, selling monthly subscriptions to organizations that were looking to run websites, um, but ultimately, we had to support them as well as do the, uh, you know, do the server um, configuration and all that that went with that. So I got to see one side of it. So when things would come in and I would say, wow, like, why did they do it this way? You know, you could have done it better, you know, X, Y and Z. Why are you doing it this way? And at that point, you were already, you know, it was already purchased. So it's not like something you could go back. Um so I had this understanding that, you know, the, the front of the house was like, these guys, what are they doing up there? How are, how are they architecting? How are they figuring this stuff out? Not enough resources. Did you get this? Did you get that? And the other thing. And then the cool thing happened where, where they're like, hey, do you want to go into pre-sales? You know, now fast forward, obviously, we're in cloud. Uh, we, we had our own cloud nodes that were running VMware-based clouds. And, and so I'm like, yeah, you know, let me give it a shot. And it was an eye-opener to be able to straddle now what was on the back end and what was being you know complained about on the back end which now i felt like hey i have access to correct so that was an eye opener for me right to be able to straddle both i guess you know worlds in, in this case right many people said to me that i went to the dark side because i went to a sales uh type role <laughs> even though it was an engineering you know type role up front i, I was moved to the dark side but i it was giving me that point of of a site where I could see what happens on the front end, how sales needs to happen, 
um, but ultimately being able to bridge the front of the house to the back of the house, right? And, and, and that kind of holds true in my role today as data center cloud because they're kind of competing if you think about it, right? The on-prem is looking to move the cloud um, and then you have server vendors, you know, the, the big guys want to keep selling servers, whether it's to a, an organization like a client of ours or whether it's, you know, uh, to the larger um, cloud providers who are consuming servers like crazy, right, to build their cloud nodes out. So I kind of straddle that data center cloud conversation where I can now gauge, it's like, hey, I've done a lot of data center before and a lot of this makes sense to keep on-prem or hey, to me, this cloud option is a much better option for you because you can consume it as a service and you may save some dollars there. Um, or, you know, we, everyone's talking about this, you know, it's it's hard to get hardware nowadays uh, because of supply chain issues. So a lot of people have strategies like, hey, like we can't get servers, but I guess what, I can consume some cloud, right? Um, they Obviously they have a ton of that. So being able to visualize both sides of the house, you know, is kind of why I wanted to make that um, not dual role, but be able to have in my title that, hey, I can talk to on-prem and I can talk to cloud and maybe there's a mixture of both and maybe that's part of your strategy. But ultimately my job is to make sure that what you're doing or your strategy, you know, lines up with what the business wants and the outcomes they're expecting and ultimately help you analyze, you know, what stays on-prem, what goes to cloud. Um, and that's really just like through assessments, having conversations and making sure what, makes sense for the business is it cloud or is it on-prem and then how do we get there christian i believe you indicated that companies are going to the cloud and then they start to move back sometimes not all companies right and they're like oh my god it's not what we expected i think there are two reasons okay and these two reasons sit side by side there's not number one and number two they are number one and number one the number one reason is skills they migrate to the cloud thinking they know and understand all the things and the aspects to it. And when they start getting there, uh, you know, that one person leaves and they're not actually educating those on premise and investing in their workers training and to make sure that their skills are there for all these cloud services. Because AWS alone has 210 plus services and yeah. reinvents right around the corner. So I'm assuming that's going to get to like 225 or <laughs> yeah. more announcements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's really coming out. Actually, stay tuned, everybody. Got a huge event happening at reinvent, podcasting, live streaming, the whole entire works. You're going to catch a lot of Meyer Media and go to Market Delta. Stay tuned for more information on that. The other number one reason is cost. They moved to the cloud because it gets too expensive because they don't have the training and understanding what it takes to shut down servers. They're spinning up things like crazy. And just in like your data center, you have your CapEx cost and it's spread over like a five-year turn. But in a cloud, you are literally paying for what you use and it's not, you can't predict it as well as you can within the data center. My servers, my server is going to run the entire time. So Christian, what are your feelings on my two number ones? Not only the skills and then the costs associated with going to a cloud-first strategy. Now, I'm not saying everybody's moving back, but what I'm saying is that they move to the cloud thinking, oh, it's the next thing, we gotta go there, we gotta jump there, but not understanding the whole idea behind it. Uh, Christian, how are you helping companies with not only the skills and the cost? Is Aspire doing something like that? Well, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, the skill set is is pretty huge, right? I think you're right. Um, the skill sets need to be there to be able to understand 
a lot of these services are being provided, you know, specifically you'd mentioned like AWS, which has a plethora of services that you can consume um, at the same time. So do the other hyperscalers. So yeah, skill set to me is something that we definitely help out with um, and understanding what is necessary for you to be successful in, in, in a, a hyperscaler. At the same time, cost optimization is huge. Um, cost optimization is probably one of the key key things to me that would want a company to stay in the cloud, right? Um, I'd mentioned where we could, you know, there are cloud companies that are still consuming their AWS bills and they're just chewing on it like the, you know, like the dinner that you ordered at the diner, but don't want to send back and you're just going to consume it, right? You know, you've come, I, I've been there, man. It's like, you know, you order something at a diner and you just like, hey, I'm just going to muster through this. I'm going to eat it. It's not the greatest thing I've I'm going to stop somewhere else on the way home and grab something. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly, right? You know, or, you know, whatever whatever it is. But, you know, there are organizations that are chewing on 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 their billing every month, you know, feeling it, but they don't want to actually do anything about it. They're just like, hey, this is the cost of doing cloud, right? You know, hey, we're here. Right? <laughs> so Check that so box I'm, off. Okay, I checked that off. Hey, yeah. How do we look? Exactly. So it's, you know, so they're, they're consuming that. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are those that are trying to come back and we're kind of like in between the, hey, we want to come back or, hey, we, you know, we, we have an on-prem and we want to go. So we're, we're kind of met in the middle. It's like, hey, you're coming back. Why? Or, hey, you want to go to the cloud? Why? And so that why really is the driver. And most of the times it's like, hey, we're coming back because of cost. We didn't know it was going to be this much. So I'm like, okay, well, why didn't you know it was going to be that much? You know, and, and you start kind of like peeling at that. And it's like, well, we, they said we had to be in the cloud. So we kind of just moved everything. It's like, so you just picked everything up and just picked the t-shirt size VM and dropped it on top of it. And you're like, yeah, like I had, a, I had a client's like, hey, my database was like 36 gigs of RAM. It's, you know, it's like on my VM. And it's like, so I had to find something similar to that in AWS, I'm like, whoa, it's like, nah, that's not what you want to do because obviously that's going to be expensive, especially if it's running all the time. So, you know, those conversations are definitely being had uh, with us and we're definitely helpful in that area um, around cost optimization. But at the end of the day, the cost optimization is start the cost optimization in-house first, right? Understand your works, workloads and resources, which then ultimately you can translate that into what you're going to be paying into a hyperscaler. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of other hidden fees that you can't calculate in a hyperscaler, right? And, and typically that's around bandwidth. Um, but still, there, you know, you can get close and kind of be like, hey, you know, depending on your utilization, we can kind of capture that what you're doing on-prem and maybe get you close to what you're doing inside of um, a hyperscaler. But then this is where I say that something, you know, What's the best fit for you in a cloud? Because you can get a VMware-based cloud that has all the bandwidth already built in, and you're running. You don't have, you know, you just pick your VM up and move it into a VMware-based cloud. And in that type of situation, you have a fixed cost that is not going to scale like you would with the hyperscaler. So again, understanding what you want to do to get to cloud, what's the driver, and ultimately what's the best solution when we talk about quote-unquote cloud um, is really where we help companies, you know. Uh, so their selection process is really what it comes down to. Christian, you touched on 
I want to say cost optimization and AWS costs is one of my areas of focus. I've, I've actually been involved yeah. in it for the last couple of years. Uh, it's yeah. been one of the things where I start to drive towards and knowledge and I'm creating a whole series on AWS cost savings, quick tips, where I created a new AWS account. I have zero installed into it and I'm walking folks through some of the things to set up for success in this AWS account. I like how you're a detective. I think we should change your title, like data center, <laughs> cloud, cloud detective, detective, solutions detective. architect. We could like make it an acronym like uh, DDCSA or something like that. I hope it doesn't stand for anything else. But I like how you're a detective. What's that? Should be a certification. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Actually, a data center cloud solutions architect, that should be a certification. I think having the background that you have in data center makes you perfect for cloud. I think the stuff that I did, you know, starting out has been key to my cloud success. I understand everything that comes into it. I understand the components of not only a server, but in the networking aspect where I would ask you a bunch of questions were there. And when we would try to figure it out and be like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know I could do that. And learning how to troubleshoot was key to success and all that. I think that makes you ideal for this role and to help customers go to cloud, but also understanding why they should go to cloud. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that we try to drive, right, is um, not that, hey, hey, we're good at getting you to cloud, right? Hey, we can do that. We can get you to the cloud. Um, but I think the deep dives inside of what you're doing today inside your organization and how things are leveraged, um, I think is honestly the key driving factor to, for you to be successful in any cloud, right? And, and I think the discovery process internally, um, you know, we, we talk about digital transformation, right? And, and that's really just the process of, how you're going to do business and be profitable and how do we get the most out of what you have and, and, and how do you bring the resources that you have and have them ultimately all like everything needs to work for you. Like every, every piece of resource or every VM, every CPU needs to make money somehow, right. Or drive some type of, you know, bottom line for the business. And, and that cost optimization, whether it's through resources or through processes, um, really is going to be key in your digital transformation. So if you want to do digital transformation, that's an on, you start on-prem, right? You start with in-house. Get it to a place where you know your performance, um, you know your, how your applications run, have an understanding, and then build metrics from that. And then ultimately, your, your cloud strategy is going to be successful as you're on-prem, because if you understand how things work and you can mimic that in cloud, again, consuming, obviously it's gonna be different, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that it's gonna you know, be the same, but ultimately you can you know, now build metrics around that um, because again, you need to gauge what is successful in the cloud. And if you were looking for cost optimization, you better have cost optimization, right? Um, or if you're looking for automation, you wanna automate you know, uh, some applications or workloads or you want to consume some of the services inside of AWS, um, again, you better have metrics around that because ultimately you need to gauge success. Now, you had mentioned way earlier, there are organizations like startups that are building in the cloud today. Cloud native applications are being built today. Now, obviously, you know, they're building their metric, right? How things, and then ultimately you need to kind of drive it lower. Meaning if I build an application that's cloud native, it's I'm, I'm paying this much per month you know, now, and it's running at this performance level, 
I need to get better, right? So you're now your driver, you have got you know teams that are their drivers is to drive down cost, you know, the cost of your application because you have no metric to gauge against. But if you have an on-prem uh, data center, you can build those metrics to gauge against, and I think that's where you're going to see yourself be successful. Am I successful by moving my workloads to the clouds? And here's how we can do that. Christian, I'd love to have you back for another episode to talk about some of the things you're doing with specifics around a customer and how you approach everything from step by step, including costs and how you're visualizing stuff. My last question before we wrap things up, uh, we don't want to talk about digital transformation on this show just yet. We Okay, we said multi-cloud, cloud versus cloud native with digital transformation. I've had so many topics on all of these subjects, yeah. but going off of digital transformation, and having should all workloads really kind of migrate to the cloud? How important is it to have the key stakeholders in the room during these conversations with regards to either the application or this cloud first strategy? Oh, wow. I mean, it is, they have to be your champion, right? It has to be the champion. Leadership has to be the champion to be able to get this done. Because if you, you know, there are multiple teams that you need to engage and they need to get on board, right? Because a lot of times we have, you know, we've run across them. We have teams or members of teams that are um, very, you know, stuck in their ways. You know, some of them be like, nope, cloud is not the way to go. And, you know, they're stuck. And, and maybe it's fear of losing out on your, your job, right? Um, there's always that thought. Like, if we move to cloud, what am I going to do? Well, there's a lot for you to do, right? We just need to, you know, it's just going to be in a different area. It's going to be, you know, it's no longer in a data center. You can't touch it anymore. You know, you can't. Uh, and so one of those things, you know, there, there are there are people like that. But at the end of the day, if you have leadership that's driving this, right, um, and, and obviously the communication between the teams has to be key, um, but ultimately, leadership has to be the champion that's moving you to a cloud-first uh, strategy. And, and most of them are, right? Um, it's, it's very, very low amount of organizations have somebody driving it from the middle. Um, and then it becomes, you know, pretty hard from that point because, again, there's no leadership that's actually, you know, leadership might be like, hey, yeah, take a look at that or, or move in that direction. Um, but there is no real, like, driver um, from their perspective. And that's where we kind of come in, right? It's like, Hey, um, we're, we're in the middle tier here, you know, maybe it's a manager um, for infrastructure, right? But you still have an application and there's still a development team manager that you, have, you, know, you need to get through. So the conversation is like, hey, this is great that you're going this route, but who are your stakeholders in the organization? And we should bring them all into the room. Right. Yeah. Yep. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, they're they're the ones who are going to either pay the bottom line or, you know, make money or lose money in, in this. And and so we have that conversation with those and we build champions out of uh, those those leadership teams to be able to champion the fact that, hey, everything trickles down, obviously. Right. So you can get the application management, uh, in, you know, in line. You can get your infrastructure in line um, and anybody who has a stake in you know, whatever's being moved would then kind of say, okay, leadership wants this done. We're going to move forward. And you don't get that pushback then, right? Because sometimes it gets really political and, and, and it, it can get ugly. So, so yeah, leadership is key in moving uh, to the cloud. Having all the stakeholders in the room at the same time, having everybody kind of either a bottom-up, top-down approach. Now, I'm okay with a bottom-up approach, meaning your engineers and your practitioners are driving some of the change due to oh, yeah. the needs of the application. But if you don't have all the key stakeholders like the top really kind of saying, yes, this is what we're doing and not one of those 
well, yeah, why don't you take a look at that? That means no matter what I come up with, your your decision is we're not going. I need an, a solid decision and commitment that, yes, we want to go to cloud yeah. and you are the driving factor around it. Christian, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I mean, on my 100th episode, no less. I, Christian, <laughs> this has been awesome. Yeah, this was great. Hey, I really appreciate that. It was a surprise to me. I, I mean, goodness gracious, when you said that, I was like, what? That's I feel like I won the lottery. <laughs> John Meyer Media, 100th episode, and I got to be the guest. I appreciate that, John. Thanks for all you do, man. And I, I like I said, um, congratulations on what you're doing. It's amazing. I'd love to see your growth. Um, I've been a I've been a fan for quite some time. I think back when you were uh, you and I started kind of reconnecting back when you were actually teaching some AWS or some Cisco training as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we had some great conversations back then. So you know where you came from. Awesome, man. Congrats. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. It means a lot that you're following and, you know, obviously advocating for me out there. Everybody, Christian Chavez, data center, cloud solutions architect. We might have to actually split that or change your title, but maybe in the future. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. All right. This has been the John Meyer podcast. Don't forget to hit that like, subscribe and notify because guess what, folks? We're out of here.